The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Na, 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 come on! On this episode of the Heat Check, dysfunction, function, what's your function? I mean, I feel like we do this every six months, maybe. Boston Celtics, it's time for another deep dive. You're still, we talked about it on Monday briefly, but oh boy, more stuff has come out and another embarrassing loss on their record to the Minnesota Go-Go's. So, I mean, like, that's where we're at. So, yes, Boston fans, if you thought that a new coach and a new front office was going to fix things, I mean, no. Like, you're sadly mistaken. We also check in with our favorite franchise, our, how would I put it, our, like, friend in need, the Sacramento Kings. Like, we just want a wellness check them every now and again, and, like, you always know they're not doing great. So, just another check-in on the Sacramento Kings with Alvin Gentry, who is now at year 35 in the league, giving zero fucks. Uh, they are spiraling into a complete breakdown. Fun stuff. Brock, do us a favor and drop that motherfucking beat. It's happening. It's happening. It's finally happening. I've been waiting for this moment for a while because I feel like it's just been me and maybe a couple of others silently, well, not so silently, but in a room alone, screaming out into the void, something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong. This team's not right. This team's not right. That's not going to fix it. Nope, that doesn't make sense. And everybody just hates me for it. They've been shit-talking me. But now Boston fans, NBA fans, and most importantly, those with credibility, Blue Checkmark Brigade, they have seen the light. So good, congratulations, you're a year late, but you're here. So we're here, we're all here now, we're on the same page, I hope. This Celtics team, this Celtics team has issues. It does. We talked on it Monday briefly, we've talked on it last year multiple times when I had lots of things to say that people didn't like breaking down the Christmas game on Monday uh you know you know the game where they had a 13 point lead uh five minutes left they choked on their own meat you know like that one they lost by four that one just like clockwork and so it's not just the coach it's not just the GM that's not working it's not just the delusional fans that have these astronomically high expectations that a team could never fulfill year after year after year. Hell, when they had a dynasty, they could only win one ring. 
How many? I mean, like Kevin Garnett, Ray John Rondo, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, and still could only squeak out one measly ring out of those four insanely talented stars. What do you think this little ramshackle team is going to do? Absolutely nothing. It's everything, though. It's everything. Mostly, though, truthfully, though, it's the roster. It's not just Dennis Schroeder. It is, it is, yeah, and I know we blame Dennis Schroeder, but he's actually the only bright spot on this team. (laughs) It's the Jays. Let's be real. I hate to say it. And I don't think anybody likes this cold truth. Like, I don't want to say it. I like them. I do. I like Jalen Brown. I like Jason Tatum. But, shh, don't tell anyone. Um, It's not working. It's not going to work. It's never going to work. No amount of players excoriating them publicly is going to make it work. No amount of coddling these two two players, telling them how good they could be together if they just played like brothers, is going to fix it. Share your food, guys. Like, let Jalen have the ball. Um, This happened last year. Like, Kemba Walker went on record and was like, hey, guys don't have chemistry. We need to not, we need to make sure that we don't put our egos in front of the team. Marcus Smart went on record earlier this year about chemistry and egos playing with pride. He also said earlier this year, uh, Jalen, Jason, can you guys share the fucking ball with anyone other than y'all? Like, this is stupid. He said that, like, basically that publicly. He went public with his frustration with Jalen Brown, Tatum, and their inability to share the ball. And then they had a private meeting, players meeting, team meeting, in which the only thing out, the only thing that came out of that meeting was that nobody agreed. Like, (laughs) that is what, that's that's what the reporting says. Jalen Brown came out then the next day, the very next day after, Marcus Smart, who's supposed to be the leader, the soul, and the heart of this team, he's like, yo, these two dudes, uh, love them, but they need to actually get their shit together and, like, be a team. Like, Jalen Brown's like, yeah, that was an unfortunate comment. What? An unfortunate comment? Then, all year, Ime Udoka has brought it up time after time after time. Compete! Compete! Act like you're playing basketball. Act like you're playing football. Compete! Share! Come on, boys. Move the ball. Put ball in hoop. Move without ball. Share ball. Put ball in hoop. Stop other team from putting ball into hoop pretty fucking simple and so then what did they do in the game against the wolves just the other night a game where nobody was playing for the wolves that i have ever heard of in my life they shot 53 percent of their shots from behind the arc just chucked away no sharing just coming up just in and out cross cross tween tween shoot 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 and now one of the all-time legends, Al Horford, all-time Boston legends, beloved within Boston, comes back on the team, supposed to be the leader, supposed to be the emotional piece of support to bring these young guns to some semblance of team. And he had scathing, scathing comments as well. Why do you ask? Well, after missing, like I said, their entire starting lineup, the Minnesota Timberwolves had no one. They rolled out Greg Monroe from the Washington Go-Go's. I'm not even joking. This is actually true. Nathan Knight from deep into the rotation. 
Jalen Noel, which literally Greg Monroe said, hey, played a great game. Never heard of this guy in my life. And he's on this team. Uh, Jake Lehman, Portland Trailblazer legend, and a bunch of plumbers to try to come in some semblance of com- competition against a fully healthy, other than J- Jason Tatum, who's in COVID protocol for the millionth time. Just him was out. So I was like, just try to compete. Like, I know you guys are no one. I know you guys, like, are just coming from off the street. But, like, this is Jalen. Jalen meet Greg. Greg meet blah, blah, blah. Like, this is our plays. There's two out-of-bounds plays. Like, just ramshackle crew. And they should have been. Like, light work for the Seas, right? Like, this is an easy win. And the Minnesota Ignite just pounded the Celtics. Wasn't close. Just absolutely embarrassed them. Minnesota Ignite just absolutely destroyed the Celtics. Like, absolutely embarrassed him to the point where I believe this is a turning point. This is the moment where all of the blue checks and everybody outside the organization, probably inside the organization, is like, this is not working. Greg Monroe, my man Greg Monroe from the Washington Go-Go, who I just saw on 14th Street with his little girlfriend uh, that had the baby fat sweatsuit just rocking, like literally in a velour sweatsuit just the other day, Greg Monroe. 11 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. Robert Williams had, Time Lord, supposed to be top 5, top 5 center in the league. Couldn't compete with a man who hasn't been able to sniff an NBA roster. A guy who's largely fallen off of a cliff and gotten pushed out of the NBA because the league has passed him by. That man put buckets on Robert Williams. That man. He looked utterly lost. Yudoka murdered Time Lord after the game because he played so bad. He was like, this is just ridiculous. Like, you can't just jump when he jumps. Like, we're supposed to make this guy shoot jump shots. Like, he doesn't know how to do that. He knows how to dunk on your head, which is what he did. Can't be going up with him, getting five fouls because of Greg Monroe? Jalen Noel? Okay. Honestly, I swear to God, his teammates didn't know who he was. I've never heard that name before today. He had 29 points and 11 points in the fourth quarter to close out probably one of the more shocking upsets in all of the NBA this season. And we've seen some doozies. So to keep, to recap what was going on that night, a team missing nine roster players and all five of its starters beat the Celtics with a center that just signed that morning and with two guys who combined had played less than 100 total minutes that year. The Wolves had 30 assists, 40 made baskets, and outscored Boston 50-26 to in the paint and 19-3 to in transition. Romeo Langford was a, an atrocious minus 32 in 36 minutes of play. Here's when I remind you that my man's from Eugene, Oregon trader Danny took Romeo Langford, number 14, in the 2019 draft. Ahead of Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Matisse Thybul, Jordan Poole, Keldon Johnson, Kevin Porter Jr., Taylor Horton-Tucker, and Terrence Mann. Lou Dort wasn't even drafted that year, and he is a million times the player that Romeo Langford is. Danny Ainge. Gift that keeps on giving folks. Like, just that's who he is. So anyway, back to Al Horford, which is where we were. That we gave you why he said what he said, which was scathing. Here's what he said. It all comes from all of us. 
you know, coach does what he has to do. But at the end of the day, it has to come from each individual player. We need to be held accountable and held accountable more. Individually, we need to look in the mirror. I don't know why, but for whatever reason, things are not translating for our group. We cannot keep playing like this. We just can't. All right, so here's where I tell you, folks said, hey, Jalen Brown. Did you hear what Al Horford had to say? And they told him. And could you expand on Al Horford's comments? Like, what do you think? Uh, he goes, searching? Looking in the mirror? No comment. <laughs> and then he goes on to say, we're missing a lot of guys. And you can tell, first of all, pause. No, you're not. But keep going. We're missing a lot of guys, and you can tell chemistry-wise. It was just out of sync. A lot of those turnovers come from miscommunications, and a lot of those defensive lapses came from miscommunications. That's what it just comes down to, chemistry. Excuse me? Did Jalen, excuse me, lack of chemistry? You have your entire squad and is missing one starter. These guys, these guys just met, have more chemistry than y'all. They've never met before. They don't even know each other's names. They don't follow each other on social media. You think you're lacking chemistry? You can't use that as an excuse, my dog. Like, my G, no, you can't do that. These guys never practice together. They've never learned the place. They don't know anything. They just demolished you. Like, dis- like clowned you out there. Like, clowned you to the point where it was like when you clowned Portland and you drug a pretend de- dead Dennis Schroeder. That was how they did you, only it wasn't a full NBA roster. It was Greg Monroe from the Washington Go-Go. I think it's time. I think it's time for the Boston Celtics to say, when Jalen Brown says chemistry, I think he needs to say the quiet part out loud. This team doesn't like each other. Like, sometimes... The more time you spend with one another, the more you realize chemistry is not possible. Like chemistry is a thing of a dream and a hope and a wish. It's not going to exist. It's not possible. This is a team so many years to develop chemistry. Like they've been with each other since they were drafted. They've had largely the same core with one another for many years. Four years. It's not coming. If you can't bond during an adversity time like this, I don't know. I don't know, dog. This Celtics roster, to me, I mean, just simply needs to be blown up. Like, all the way up. Before we have an entire year of me saying this to the world over and over and over and over and over, me banging my head against the wall, going viral, getting hate, getting slander, telling people telling me to delete my account, and then all of a sudden we see that they don't make the playoffs or they get in the play-in tournament, they get bounced, and then it's like, oh, That little Twitter bitch was right. (laughs) Here's what the blue check marks are saying now, folks. Best quotes from the media. I felt good compiling them because it felt like the thoughts that I've been having for the last 12 months came out into the ether. Gary Washburn, my man of the globe. Uh, Robert Williams must take it real personal that he got outplayed by Nathan Knight and Greg Monroe. It wasn't even close. Another awful loss for the hashtag Celtics. Oh, Gary Washburn, learn how Twitter works. Keith Smith, I've been fairly hard on the Pacers and the Blazers in that I feel like that they've reached their expiration date with the cores, and it's time to break them up. 
But I've probably been neglectful in overlooking that the Celtics might actually be at that same point. Peter Stringer, mind you, used to work for the Celtics. Tweeted about the Celtics. I've loved the hashtag Celtics since I was like five years old. It's just not how Twitter works. You don't need to hashtag shit anymore. It's just the keyword comes up. Anyway, this season has been the most unenjoyable season I remember since the awful end of the Patino era. This team has been so far below where they should be so many uninspired performances. Eesh. But of course, not everybody is available with reality. We've got ball washers just coming through, cannot come to grips with the hard truth. And the cold reality. And frankly, you guys, you guys should be ashamed. Because you're the reason you enabling their bad behavior are allowing them to continue with the status quo because you are making up excuses for them. It's just praising them, finding things that they're good and they're actually not. This was the same thing they said last year. If the Celtics all had all starting five playing together... As if other teams aren't dealing with COVID. As if other teams aren't dealing with injuries. We've got guys like Kawhi Leonard out with ACL, boom, boom, gone. What are you fucking saying? Straw man arguments abound. And then this this gem, this is where you know it's like bad. Because Celtics always, when they're wounded, come after and they they shift the attention to another dog shit franchise Mm -hmm. and their dumpster fire. Uh, didn't the basically full-strength Sixers just lose at home to the depleted 15-18 and 18 Hawks? Odd time for Sixers fans to be taking victory laps, in my opinion. If the Celtics lost to the depleted Hawks team with all their five guys active, my guess is your commentary would be different from what you're saying after the Sixers did it. Pause. Like, first of all, I would love nothing more than Sixers Twitter and Celtics Twitter to literally eat one another and destroy each other's faces at going to war for the end of time. But did you really just compare, my man, the Celtics losing to Minnesota Make-A-Wish Foundation with the, the Hawks, who just went to the Eastern Conference Finals less than a year ago? Is that true? Is that what you just did? The Celtics were at full strength and got gentlemen swept. Could barely even get into the playoffs last year. You had to do everything that you could. You were in the play-in tournament last year. This is not a good team. You had to fight just to be in in the dance. What are we even talking about? This is what we have. Just to encapsulate what's happening. We have a team with a lack of urgency, a lack of competitive spirit, They're publicly arguing in the marketplace about who's to blame, what's to blame, if there is anything to blame. There's a lack of chemistry, lack of success. You've got Celtics Twitter turning on one another, Celtics Twitter turning on other fan bases, Celtics Twitter mad at other NBA insiders for pointing out what's true. They're like, oh, at least we're on the Sixers. It's like, fuck you. It's a mess. Everything about it is a mess. It was a mess last year. Uh, And then they overhauled the whole front office. They overhauled and got a new coach, moved the coach up, moved the GM out. And instead of overhauling the whole team, it was like, you know, watch these cups. I'm going to move this cup that way, this cup that way. Where's the ball underneath the cup? It's like you didn't change the rock. That first, that middle cup that needed to go, that's still there. I see it. 
It's the same roster. You just added Dennis fucking Schroeder. Like, that's it. You kept Marcus Smart. He needed to go. You extended him. You extended him. Gross. You extended Robert Williams. You're extending players. No business extending. So what's coming? According to former Suns GM Ryan McDonough, Dennis Schroeder's most likely on the move. I mean, listen, underpaying a decent player has its advantages. It turns out that's one. Peyton Pritchard, this is what he said. Peyton Pritchard's strong December makes it more likely Dennis Schroeder is traded prior to the deadline. Schroeder's productivity contract make him easier to trade and attractive to contending teams. Pritchard's development is important to the Celtics due to his age and rookie-scale deal. Then that guy, Peter Stringer, I told you about, the one who used to work for the Celtics, uh, he said this later on after in that same Twitter thread. Jalen, to me, is overrated. <gasps> Gasp, you don't say. And Tatum isn't a leader. One of them has to go, I'm afraid. Originally, I felt like it had to be Jalen. Now I'm starting to think, it could be either one. Yo, this roster has been fucked up. And it's finally obvious to everyone, thankfully, who watches. Maybe, just maybe, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown aren't meshing. I don't give a fuck if they're brothers. I don't care how much they like each other. That shit does not matter to me. Like, Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns were like brothers. That shit did not work. That's not an excuse. They're not in charge. They are the talent. They are not in charge. I have to say this more and more as we become a more player-empowered league. These dudes don't know what they're doing at all. You can't have duplicate players on the roster that get along and don't share the ball. And you've got Jalen Brown having seven turnovers a game and blaming everything on Time Lord and the fans and Al Horford and whoever else. Someone had a tweet the other day that was like, oh, they should trade so-and-so for Robert Williams just so Jalen Brown has a new person to blame. Like... (laughs) Neither are leaders at the moment. Neither are dogs at the moment. Neither, to me, are particularly critical to this team's future. I don't think you need either one. I'm starting to believe that maybe they're both valuable enough that you can just start again. Start new. Get some. If Brad Stevens is worth his salt at evaluating players, maybe he can get a new, new guy in the draft. Maybe you can find some um, young up-and-comer uh, with a shitload of draft picks and probably some pieces to match salary. Like, I don't know. Get rid of one. Get rid of both. I don't fucking care. They, one of them needs to go. Of course people won't say it, but another thing that needs to happen, in my opinion, is Marcus Martin cannot be ever your starting point guard. And he gets paid so much money, and that's the role that he wants, and he's like De- he's like another version of a Dennis Schroeder. Like, they think that they should start. They think that they deserve a lot of money. And they're just inefficient chuckers who are undersized and play good defense. Like, I don't care that you play good defense. You shoot a million shots. And everybody gives Pat Beverly shit for being a pest. But, like, Marcus Smart can be, is so chippy, is so annoying that Giannis... Antetokounmpo may be one of the nicest human beings I've ever come into contact with. On Christmas Day, Giannis got undercut by Smart, and literally I had to see it with my own two eyes on television. He said, I can't fucking stand that pussy, Marcus Smart. (laughs) That's what he said. Then after the game, he tweeted out a photo of him posterizing Marcus Smart and was like, yeah, Christmas was a good day. 
This is not only an unpopular team within their own ranks, it's an unpopular team outside of the ranks. How do we know that things are at a tipping point, you ask? Other than me doing 20 fucking minutes on it? Is they're talking about bringing back IT right now. They're talking about Isaiah Thomas coming back onto the Boston Celtics. What is this? Will they make the difficult decisions that make sense for this franchise to be more than a one-hit wonder in the Eastern Conference Finals? I don't know. We're going to have to see. But I think that everything should be on the table. Not, I think there's no untouchable pieces. That's hard to say because I love Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. But there should be no untouchable pieces for the right price for this team to progress. Because let's be, let's be serious. Like Jalen Brown kind of plays defense, but he turns the ball way too much over. And J- Jason Tatum isn't a dog, and all he wants to do is take 35-footers. Like he wants to ISO to fucking the logo, and it's like that is not working. So either that means either Jalen or Jason need to be flipped and it needs to happen ASAP Rocky before you're wasting their prime and you're wasting them as assets because they just keep depreciating. Remember? Motherfucker. Remember? Worst behave. Last time we checked on the Sacramento Kings, interim coach Alvin Gentry started out a press conference in just his fourth game. Uh, by apologizing to everyone, uh, all the fans. He started his presser by saying, hey, Sacramento Kings, you deserve better. Uh, Sorry for this bullshit. Which is funny because they don't really deserve much better because they've never really had much better. So how, though, we're checking in, we're just dropping in like a little uh, parachuter. How are things going a few weeks later? (laughs) Turns out not great. Uh, Currently... They have a defensive rating of 113.1. That's atrocious. An offensive rating of 108.9. For those who need to go to math school, uh, they are giving up more points than they are putting up on the board, which is a recipe for losing. Moreover, uh, as you might imagine, they are 2-7 and seven in their last nine, given how that whole math whole thing works. The last time this team went 2-7, and seven, guess what? They fired their head coach. <laughs> so, <laughs> rut row. Uh, you probably, you know who probably knows that little factoid? My man Alvin Gentry, that's who. He probably knows. And if we go by his press conference after a particularly embarrassing 127 to 102 loss to the Memphis Grizzlies, he has now reached a new, because he was already at I don't give a fuck. He's at a new I don't give a fuck level. It's like, you thought that you were in the basement, but then, oh, man, we've got, like, a nuclear, uh, like, camp point for you to just hide out in. It gets lower than that. He cares less than you would think. This is what he said. It's the most disappointing I've been in 34 years in the NBA. I can honestly say that. That, uh, that performance uh, was absolutely ridiculous. Uh... You know, we didn't play hard. We didn't compete. Uh, we gave up 19 offensive rebounds for, I don't know, 37 points or some astronomical figure. Uh, we didn't guard the ball. We didn't guard screen and rolls. We didn't follow the game plan. Uh, you know, all of those things. And the, to be honest with you, it's the most disappointing game that I've been involved with. You know, no, no comp- competitiveness whatsoever. And then we got those guys out there talking about, 
you know, when, when you have, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he literally just waved his hand out. Just go ahead, ask questions. That's fine, because I don't want to get into it anymore. I think anybody out there that watched the game understand that that, that performance right there was, 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 was absolutely, it was just ridiculous. I don't know any other words to use because we didn't compete and we didn't do anything. Uh, we didn't move the basketball. Uh, we didn't attack them. Uh, we didn't stop their drives. We didn't stop their screen and rolls. Uh, we went over a couple of simple plays today uh, and we didn't guard them at all. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm totally disappointed and everybody in this building should be disappointed. Alvin, had, were you able to share that same kind of uh, message to the to the locker room after the game? Yes, I did. I made sure that I did. You know, we, we, I'm telling you guys, you can't get a reputation in this league of being a team where you can come into their home gym and do what they just did to us. I'm just telling you, it will stay with you in the NBA if you let teams come in and do what they did to us. You know, they they basically tarred with us. And we're not that team. We're not a team that, that people should come in here and be able to toy with. So, yes, if you ask me if I'm uh, upset and disappointed, you're damn right I am. He said, I'm not going to say anything more. You can ask questions because I don't want to. And then he just continues. We didn't do anything. We didn't guard the ball. Like, we just let them do whatever they want. We were just dummies out there. We just crash test dummies just standing around like cones, like little orange basketball training cones in the form of moving human beings. It's like when the random guy who played at Wichita State couldn't get into the league. He's now an assistant coach, and he has that little foam piece, and he he hits you with it when you're trying to draw contacts. That's what they were, just like kind of like tapping them, letting them get the rebound, doing whatever. It's unreal. It's unreal. I'm going to make a bold prediction, though. I don't think Alvin Gentry is going to be the head coach for the Sacramento Kings long term. <laughs> like, I just don't see it happening. I don't see it's a fit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he wants to be there. And I don't think the team necessarily wants him there either. I don't even know if they know what they want. So I did a little math school. Alvin Gentry has coached, head coached, 1,122 games. He has been a part of roughly – 2,870 NBA games. That's 35 times 82, not even including any playoff games. I would imagine you shouldn't even count play because there's no chance that a playoff game was this embarrassing. But he says with no hyperbole out of 2,870 NBA games, this one is the most embarrassing game I have ever been a part of. It's this one. This one where we did nothing it's bad in Sacramento, man. I feel so bad for the Kings people. Uh, they're like not even sure people are sh- not even sure whether the Kings are a real team anymore. If you Google Sacramento Kings, the first thing outside of NBA.com and Wikipedia, the first thing outside of those two, literally the first non-official Twitter NBA link is the Google question, do the Sacramento Kings still exist? (laughs) Swear to God. So what is the immediate future hole for the Kings? Oh, and by the way, oh, yeah, so let's let let Tyrese Halliburton, he's going to sum it up. He's going to sum this up. 
Yeah, I mean, disappointing, um, frustrating, obviously, to, to, to lose, and obviously lose in that fashion. Um, you know, it's just in a rough spot right now, and, um, you know, Coach is going to let, let us hear about that, and, you know, he's he's a part of this too, so, you know, definitely his frustrations, you know, come out as well. Um, so, I mean, what, what can you do except, you know, get in here today, work hard in practice, and, and be ready to go tomorrow because, uh, you know, like we always talk about, the league just moves so fast, like – these these couple losses in a row can can turn on you real quick. Yeah, I, I mean I, I don't know what I'm I'm supposed to say to that honestly. Um, you know he has his feelings as you know the head coach of our team, rightfully so. That's how he feels. He's very frustrated. Um, you know I, I I we lost by 50 last year, so that's definitely the worst experience of 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 of, of, of my basketball career. So I can't say last night was uh, was was number one for me. Fam, he said, listen, I know he believes it was the most embarrassing loss in 35 years, but we did lose by 50 last year. <laughs> I mean, it's not the worst. Listen, if you're embarrassed by that, let me introduce you to uh, October 10th, 2020, when we lost 140 to 90 against the Utah Jazz. I forget what the number was, but it was 50. The number... It's 50. You know, listen, you've only been here one year, Alvin. You don't know how low we can go. How low can you? Listen, the depth of our mediocrity does not stop here. Like, you are in. There's more games. There is 55 more games left. (laughs) Who knows? Maybe we'll break a new record. And it's like, we played for Luke Walton for three years. What do you think it was like? Like, what do you think the deficits looked like and the competition uh, and inspiration and fire that came out of our soul was like playing for Luke fucking Walton? His dad's high on TV all the time. Like, that's the only reason he's around is because his dad played for the Portland Trailblazers legend and gets high now on national TV as a college basketball broadcaster. Like, this is not even a top 20 bad performance for the Sacramento Kings. So, Alvin Gentry, you are in. For a very long ride. Uh, that is all the time that we have for the heat check. We will be back Friday morning early squirrely with a new episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, do not forget to download, to subscribe, to tell all your friends, uh, every damn one of them. I love giving NBA uh, tea and news and breaking it down however I can serve you. So please follow us on social at this heat check at Trista Crick on TikTok and we will see you Friday. Don't you ever get it fucked up? Motherfuckers never loved us. Man, motherfucker never loved us.